Welcome to the Hypnotoad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I hope you had an excellent Thanksgiving and we are ready to roll. It's sad. It's coming to an end. It's one of those things where like a chapter has to end before the next chapter begins. And the chapter on TCU football ended on Friday. On Black Friday, we wore black to end the TCU football season. So we're going to talk about TCU football at the beginning of the podcast. I really want to hit women's sports at the end of the podcast because the women's basketball team has been incredible. Volleyball is going back to the NCAA tournament. So we're going to leave you on a high note, but we're going to talk football at the beginning of the podcast. Uh, before we start, I want to remind you, subscribe, rate, review to the Hypnotoad podcast wherever you get your audio, right? Whether it be Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, does not matter. Subscribe, rate, review. And on Apple Please leave a review, screenshot it, send it to the big boss, Pete Mundo, who has one of the, if not the best, Big 12 YouTube channels right now going on harlancollegesports.com. Go over there, send it, the screenshot of your Apple review to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at harlancollegesports.com, and you will win a free koozie. That is right. It's that simple. You leave a review, whether it be, I love the way that Scott talks horn frogs, or, hey, I didn't like his predictions this week. Whatever it is, screenshot it, send it to our guy, Pete Mundo. You help grow the brand, and we appreciate you for that. All right, TCU football, it's over. Thank God. This is one of those seasons that you try to burn. You want to forget it. Horn Frogs become the first team since the 2020 LSU Tigers to go to the national championship and then miss the bowl season the following season. They also joined the 2010 Texas Longhorns as the last Big 12 team to go to the national championship and then miss the playoffs next year. So not exactly great historical company for the Horned Frogs. However, it should be noted that LSU has been back to the bowl games and they're back in the national conversation. And it took Texas a little while, but now they're, dare I say, back to. It's kind of a joke. But yeah. TCU, awful season, 5-7. and seven. The punctuation mark on the awful season was a 69-45 loss to Oklahoma on Black Friday. So before the season, you'll remember I said, hey, maybe TCU can be the team that kicks both Texas and Oklahoma's ass on the way out the door, right? You'd love to see that. You'd love to see the two teams who have essentially abandoned ship, abandoned the Big 12, leave the conference. You'd like to see everybody try to get a lick in before they leave. Sadly enough, though, that did not happen. Texas beats TCU, and then Oklahoma uh, beats TCU in a game that, let's be completely honest, plainly simple, was not closed after the second half. That after the second half started, it was all sooner, and uh, TCU, did they roll over? I don't want to say that. I will say that if you told me that they played four complete quarters of football, I wouldn't have. I would say you're lying, that they didn't. They rolled over in the second half, and it was – Embarrassing. It was hard to watch, and a season that had a lot of hope, a season that had a lot of anticipation for Horn Frog fans, ends the way that it kind of began. A game that had a lot of expectations against an Oklahoma team that was potentially vying to get into the Big 12 championship game. They had to beat TCU. They needed a couple of other teams to lose. Kansas State, Oklahoma State, they needed those two teams to lose for them to have a chance. So Oklahoma was playing essentially for their season for a chance to go to the Big 12 championship game. TCU was playing for a chance to kick Oklahoma's ass, and you could clearly tell 
game in Norman, last Big 12 home game for the Sooners. Who wanted it more? Uh, plain and simply, TCU defense looked awful. Okay, Did not play well. Horrendous showing. They allowed 40-plus points for the third time this season. Dylan Gabriel, 24 of 38, 400 yards, three touchdowns. Drake Stoops had his way with TCU secondary, 12 catches, 125 yards in the score. The Sooners punted the ball uno times, one time, on their way to 600 yards total offense. It's the most points allowed by a TCU team since 2004. Not exactly the stat you want to hear in 2023, right? <laughs> Giving up the most points since 2004. Not what you want to hear. But So what went wrong? What went wrong? What was the 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 problem with this team? Because you've heard me every week talk that the coaching was bad. <laughs> I wasn't impressed by the uh, coaching uh, on the offensive side of the ball with Kendall Bryles or Sonny Dykes, to, for that matter. Wasn't exactly thrilled with the defense either. And the check engine light for the season, it's weird that it came early in this journey, but against Colorado where you missed 40-something tackles. You can't win games like that, and clearly TCU didn't win a ton of games. Now at 5-7, and seven, after going 13-2 last season, the conversation probably is going to be had and should be had in a lot of uh, spaces that was this team good enough to go bowling? Was this team one game good enough? If you go 6-6, six and six, you get to a bowl. If you go 500, you get to a bowl. Was this team good enough to go 500? At some point in the season, is there a game that we can point to and say they should have won that game? Yeah, no, there's plenty of those games. The Texas game stands out. The West Virginia, the Iowa State, the Colorado game all stand out as games that TCU should have got the job done, could have won the game if XYZ goes the right way. But that's sports. That's sports. That's every team every year that look back and say, we should have won this game. We should have, could have, would have. This team was 5-7. and seven. The record is correct. The record proves what this team did. I went back and I looked. So last year, because again, we're talking about why, what went wrong. And I agree, coaching is a problem. And our friend over at Dave Campbell's uh, football, uh, Ishmael Johnson, which big fan of his, big, big fan, he had a good point. He said TCU's probably not going to fire their OC or DC. And Sonny Dykes, after the game on Friday, said, we're going to reevaluate everything. That The reporter who asked him, what are we, what's going to be the change for 2024, now that 2023 is done. Kind of a lame question to ask minutes after the game gets done, but hey, we'll take it, right? Journalism. He asks, what, what's the difference? What is the changes going to be made? Sonny Dykes, of course, says, sidesteps it. Hey, probably not the time to talk about this. I agree. Probably not the time to talk about this. Let him go back and you know think about what went wrong because plenty of things did. Coaching was a problem. Point blank, period. Play calling was a problem. Kenna Bryles, not a great play caller, we find. Kenna Bryles, not Garrett Riley. It's a hire that had a ton of baggage before the season. A hire that I told you nobody should have to defend as a TCU fan. If you're in a bar argument with a friend from Baylor or Tech or Texas or AM or wherever, and they're giving you creep or giving you grief about the higher kind of brows, you should be clean. Your hands are clean as a fan. You don't have to like the coaching hires that this program makes, and you have every right in the world to be upset about it, which we did. We were upset. 
more more upset that he was a bad play caller. Okay? He was a bad play caller. He didn't do his job well. And the name doesn't help. Okay, so TC last year wins 13 games. They average almost 40 points per game, 39 points per game. This season, they're averaging 31 points per game. So what's the difference? A touchdown difference? That's not exactly going to change your record from 13-2 to 7-5. No, I look at it, and this is terrible. Nobody other, No other podcast is going to tell you this. No other radio host is going to say this. Nobody is going to be brave enough to tell you what I'm about to tell you. It's the players. The players last year were better than the players this year. We beat around the bush. We've hinted to it. We've said, hey, Max Duggan's not coming through that door. Heisman contender's not coming through that door. Country Miller, NFL running back, not coming through that door. Quinn Johnson, Devarius Davis, two guys, 40-plus catches, 500-plus yards last year. Quinn Johnson had 1,000 yards as a receiver last year. Not coming through the door. Miller, 17 touchdowns. Duggan, 32 touchdowns, eight interceptions. If you combine Josh Hoover and Chandler Morris this season, they combined for 3,700 yards, 27 touchdowns, and 14 interceptions. They combined for just over uh, maybe 100 more yards, 100 and change more yards combined than Duggan did last year. And they also have, of course... Nine more interceptions, seven more interceptions. Math is in my strong suit. Point is, the two quarterbacks combined, now granted, Hoover being younger, Chandler Morris being uh, as unhealthy as a Victorian child, it seems like, not being able to play consistently. You don't want to give a guy grief about the injuries that he's had, the injury history riddled throughout his uh, career at this point. But it is noticeable. It's, It's a note in the obituary of the season that if Chandler Morris is healthy the entire time, maybe it's a different ball game. But in his seven games that he played, he had a 2-1 to touchdown interception rate, which on the surface, fine. But when you compare it to the other quarterbacks in this conference, when you look at what Dylan Gabriel does on Saturday or on Friday against, to be fair, to be frank, a bad defense, you know, that's not exactly what you want to write home about. So there's a lot of questions I will tell you on the offensive side of the ball. Imani Bailey, 1,200 yards, ATDs. TCU never was able to run the ball this season. After having a good offseason, good transfer portal, getting offensive linemen, linemen in, bad run game <laughs> doesn't help. They average 155 yards per game this season. Last year, it's 158. I don't think that that stat tells you the whole story. The turnovers are are the story for this team this year. Jared Wiley, who did not have chemistry with Chandler Morris, there there was a disconnect. When Hoover comes back in, he becomes the number one target. Leads the team in touchdowns with eight, 520 yards. John Paul Richardson, who we were really excited about, the, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State, I don't think I talked about him at all this season on the podcast. Maybe once he came up, because he had a very silent season. 46 catches, 536 yards, three TDs. Steven Williams, 41 catches, 530, or 573 yards, and four TDs. This is a roster that wasn't as talented as last year's roster. And when you have a less talented or a talent-depleted roster, 
It's up to the coaching staff to make changes. It's up to the coaching staff to coach guys up to find ways to win ball games. Other coaching staffs do it every single year. Other coaching staffs do it every single year. You're telling me that Kansas is getting better recruits than TCU? You're telling me that Kansas State is getting better recruits than TCU? Or how about Iowa, who's averaging less than 30 points per game? Less than 20 points per game in some games, right? Like, they're not they're not scoring TDs. They're winning games 10-3, 7-3. You're telling me that team has better recruits than TCU? My point is this, is that when we look back on the 2023 season, there's no other way to talk about it other than it was a disaster. It was a failure on the coaches, on the players, and honestly on us. I'll take a little bit of blame. As a fan, I'll take blame. My expectations were too high for this season. My expectations were too high for this team. Where do we go from here? Sonny Dykes on Friday confirmed that his complete confidence in this year. He's confirming that he's not that 2023 wasn't a fluke. Said, quote, I have a ton of confidence in this program and a lot of confidence in our players. Quote, we're going to be contenders in the Big 12 moving forward. That's our goal to be in year in and year out. One of those teams people talk about getting in the 12-team playoff. Well, I really hope that TCU, with the departure of Texas and Oklahoma, with the addition now of Colorado next year, has a better 2024 than they had in 2023. All right. A couple other football notes. Uh, Who will win the Big 12? It is going to be Oklahoma State and Texas. Uh, I told you before the season that I had a sneaking suspicion Texas was, quote, back uh, I'm still riding on the Longhorns. I still think the Longhorns win the conference. And will they get into the college football playoffs? Well, to make a long story short, I'm going to say no. I don't think Texas gets in. I think that there will be a little bit of uh, puppeteering, a little bit of motivation from the college football playoff committee, as well as some powers that be in larger spots to keep the Longhorns out. Do you want the team that is leaving the conference next year, win the conference, and then play in the playoffs and potentially play for a national championship look it would be great for the conference if texas wasn't leaving and you'd want them in just to make the conference look better i don't think texas gets in for that reason gary patterson going to houston potentially dave aranda keeps his job at baylor gary patterson is a strong candidate to be the next football coach at houston this is important, of course, to us because he coached here for 20-something or 25 years. Uh, Hall of Fame resume at TCU from 2020-21, and 79, six conference championships, six AP top 10 finishes, two New Year's Six Bowl victories. The other candidates emerging uh, in the process as well, so it's not a done deal. Dana Holgerson was let go on, Saturday, on Sunday. Gary uh, Patterson to Houston would be super interesting after Holgerson kind of led them this season in a one-foot-in-one-foot-out kind of way. The whole year was kind of weird because I didn't think Hoagie had a lot of juice left, a lot of charge left, not only in the locker room, but also with the Houston Boosters, who, of course, anybody will tell you, the Houston Boosters are some of the more crazed fans in the state of Texas. What's interesting, though, if you get Gary Patterson, I will tell you, Houston becomes a much better football program, point blank, period. Gary Patterson on that staff, Houston in three years, would be a legit contender in the Big 12. 
a legit, legit contender in the Big 12. Um, but yeah, no, that that would be a great hire. Jeff Trailer's another name that has been circling around. Like, could he potentially go to AM? Well, okay, the AM job's filled. Could he go to Houston? Gary Patterson, probably a bigger name. He might end up still at UTSA, which means there's going to be a team in the future, especially with David Randy keeping his job at Baylor, that could get Jeff Trailer. Uh, from UTSA that across the board everybody seems to love. I just something to keep your eye on as a TCU fan. You just hope that he doesn't come into the Big Twelve. You hope that he goes to Conference USA team, that he gets out of the state potentially, because if Jeff Trailer if Jeff Trailer is in the state of Texas with resources, he immediately becomes a top five coach in the Big Twelve. I am I'm really high on uh, Jeff Trailer. TCU women's basketball taking over the sport. They had another great weekend uh, in St. Pete's, they took on UTEP in Nebraska and claimed the St. Pete Showcase title moved to 7-0 on the season. They tip off the tournament in a dominating fashion last Thursday. So on Thanksgiving, 85-56 win, beating Nebraska as well for the tournament championship on Saturday, 88-81. So they've looked really good. TC finishes the month of November unbeaten. They'll return in action against Tulsa on Friday at 6.30 p.m. So if you're into that, that is something to... Keep your eye on uh, as well. The women's basketball program has been absolutely killing it. And I told you before the season that Mark Campbell was changing things over there, and he has. Uh, three teams in the Big 12 are 7-0 right now. Texas, Texas Tech, and, of course, your Horn Frogs. They are looking great because of Madison Connor, who is a former Arizona Wildcat. She was good over there. She's even better over here. She's leading the conference in points per game at 21.9, leading the conference in three-pointers made. Jaden Odin or uh, Jaden Odins from Baylor last year. She's coming in immediately is number two in the conference in assists per game with six. And then of course we cannot not talk about Sidora Prince, who is averaging twenty one and ten. So yeah, it's been a pretty big deal the recruits that Mark Campbell has brought in. This entire team, similar to the football team, is all transfer portals for the most part. These are all players who had roles or larger roles on other teams, and they're coming in now and making an immediate impact on the women's basketball program here. This is the way the sport's changing. This is the way the sport is changing. And you either adapt or you get off the roller coaster, right? You either you either adapt or die, and TCU is doing that. Mark Campbell is doing that. Now the question will be, going forward, A, can they keep this up in conference play? Can this TCU women's basketball team potentially play for a Big 12 title? Can they make some noise in the Big 12 tournament and even in the regular season? And B, can he recruit? Can he not just take the leftover scraps from other programs, the disgruntled players from other programs? Can he bring in freshmen to supplement the talent off the bench? Can he bring in talented women's basketball players across the state of Texas because primarily where he will be recruiting will be in the state of Texas, can he bring in those players and have them make an impact? Is the days of the homegrown star done across sports? We saw it in professional sports that there's not a lot of homegrown stars left in baseball. There's not a lot of homegrown stars left in basketball. Football is really the only sport where you still have it, but because free agency is so impossible. And college athletics kind of feels the same way that the players who are making the most impacts across the sport, whether it be Caleb Williams in football, who started his career at Oklahoma, or Jaden Daniels at LSU, who started his career in Arizona, at Arizona State. Across the board, 
It is transfer players who are making the biggest impact on teams that compete and win games. Sidora Prince, Jay Nodens, and uh, Madison Connor, all transfers to the CC Women's Basketball Program. Mark Campbell, adapt or die. He's doing the right thing. He needs to be on the uh, Coach of the Year list. I mean, it's 7-0. It's early. It's really, really early. I'm putting my stake in this now. Putting, I'm claiming my take here. At the end of the year, he has to be on those lists because if he's not, somebody's doing something wrong over PR because he is going to turn this program around, and he's doing it, and I love to see it. All right, last thing. We talked about Haley uh, Cavender last week a little bit. We, we touched on the social media star from Miami. She started her career elsewhere, came to Miami. Her and her twin sister have, I think, like something like 5 billion Instagram views or something like that. Like It's really it's hard to you know care about any of these like views on TikTok and Instagram. But she is a social media star. We can give her that. She is a social media star. She's an NIL darling. She's coming to the program she committed last week or two weeks ago. And I said then, uh, do I really care? Like, will this bring eyes to the program? Will this make them competitive on the court? I'm not completely sure she's a good basketball player. All publicity is good publicity. Any eyes are good eyes, right? But what I did not mention that I wanted to mention here, she's coming and playing on the 2024-25 roster. So she's not going to play this season. She's playing next season. So a weird move to commit early. I get. I kind of get it. I think it's good for Mark Campbell. He's going to get the Instagram uh, views, keep the program in the the zeitgeist, keep the program in front of mind. Hopefully, um, still un- unranked TC women's basketball. I think they're going to have to win a ton of games in the Big Twelve to get on people's radar. Men's basketball five and zero facing the Houston Christian today. We're recording this Monday afternoon. Horn Frogs 5-0 for the first time since 2017-2018 when they were 12-0. Yes, 12-0 was the last time that they had to start this well, start this good. Uh, Horn Frogs are led by Jacoby Coles, 16 points per game, which ranks ninth in the Big 12. Preseason All-Big 12 forward Emmanuel Miller, he's averaging 12-7. Jacoby Coles scored 20 to lead TCU to a 93-74 win over Alcorn State last Tuesday before Thanksgiving. You hope those turkey pounds aren't hanging off anybody's uh, love handles I don't imagine that they probably are. I think those athletes are going to be completely fine. Uh, Houston Christian 0-4 on the season, coming off a 92-65 loss to Oklahoma State on Saturday. So they are the sacrificial lamb to get this TCU men's basketball team to 6-0. So they're halfway to the point. They're looking pretty good. They have a tough game this weekend against Georgetown. They have the uh, Big East Big 12 uh, showdown happening in D.C. So that'll that'll be interesting. Georgetown, not... Your dad's Georgetown, not your granddad's Georgetown. Georgetown, not exactly what we would write home about. This is clearly not the Georgetown of Patrick Ewing or even Allen Iverson. But still, no, not not a bad program to face early in the season to kind of test test the waters. And men's basketball, of course, great season last year. March Madness run. They're trying to keep that run alive. Keep that. Keep their juices going. And um, you know, look. 5-0, I have a little bit, I care a little bit less about 5-0 for men's basketball because of how well the team was last year, how well they did last year. The women's basketball program, they needed to come off to a hot start, and they, they have. So I give the edge to the women by a, a teeny bit, but still both teams undefeated at this point. And then women's volleyball. TCU Volleyball has reached the NCAA tournament for the second consecutive te- season. The Horn Frogs earned an at-large bid to the Fayette Regional for the first-round matchup against number 6 Florida State. 
It's the second time that TCU has reached the tournament under head coach Jason Williams, who took over the program last year. So again, new head coach, completely flipping a, a program around. Horn Frogs, who entered the tournament having won three of their last five, lost on senior day on Saturday. Horn Frogs will take on the Seminoles at 4.30 on Friday. The winner will advance to the second round and battle either number three Arkansas or Sam uh, Stephen F. Austin for the regional championship. I'm going to let you in on a secret. It's not going to be Stephen F. Austin. Number three Arkansas will get that win. Uh, Saturday, December 2nd, TCU reached the second round of the NCAA tournament in the 2022 season when the Horned Frogs defeated Washington Huskies in the first round in the Madison Regional before losing to the Wisconsin Badgers, who are a perennial powerhouse. They finished the season this year 17-11, 11-5 in the Big 12. So volleyball, can they get a win against Florida State? It's going to be tough if they play the way that they played on Saturday against, uh, if they play the way they played Saturday against BYU, they're not going to beat Florida State. they got to play their best best volleyball if they want to win. That is going to do it for the Hypnotope Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening to a uh, you know, good recap of the football season and ba- basketball's right around the corner. So we are pumped up. We're pumped up to talk basketball. I'm loving it. Both teams undefeated, and uh, it'll only be up from here. That's going to do it for us. Please subscribe, rate, review wherever you get the Hypnotoad podcast, and we'll be back again next week.